0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the NHL podcast presented by the Hockey News. My name is Safir and my co-host
1: Rahil Safir. How you been, man? Pretty it's been a good. couple
0: of weeks. Yeah, it's been just like so long. It feels like, but yet time flies. It's insane.
1: It's been crazy. You've been keeping well. You do anything fun over the last couple of weeks?
0: yes actually there's been a lot of family stuff happening you know yeah. with the summer we're always like going out and stuff and also busy with you know the work and also preparing for this so it's been uh, an exciting time awesome.
1: but i feel like you know the summer's going by really quickly it's already august it's already august hockey season's going to be training camp starting soon i'm getting excited for yeah. it man oh. nhl 23 is coming out soon i'm kind of excited for it yeah. we'll, ho- we'll
0: talk about that a little later yeah hopefully we get some news about that this month we should be i mean it's usually in august so we'll yeah. see um, well, you know, given that we're here now and uh, I know we discussed a lot about it, uh, I think that this is a great time to s- to sort of like come at base level and talk yeah. about eSports. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who might not know uh, enough about eSports, so I thought this was a great opportunity to discuss the history of eSports and also NHL eSports.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. Like we, you know, me and Safir have grown up just playing NHL. Like when was your first NHL that you played?
0: Oh my goodness, uh,
1: NHL 2004
0: was the first one, but I didn't really get into it until 08.
1: Yeah, see, I started in like 06 and stuff, and like I'm just so used to this video game genre, but there's a lot of people who are like, like I've played it a little bit, but like what the hell, there's eSports of hockey? So like, yeah, the history of eSports, I mean, like I think it's safe to say like, you know, there's always been eSports, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like, you know, Super Mario Bro Contest, you know, Tetris Contest. That's technically eSports. But I feel like that big boom in 2010, around the time when FaZe got really popular, all those Call of Duty tournaments, World of Warcraft, League of Legends, all that stuff started taking off. I think a lot of people started realizing, like, damn, like, Esports is fun. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting that it also coincided with the launch of Twitch in 2011. Exactly. It seems like everything kind of goes in tandem, in tandem in terms of like using technology and giving access, you know, to these uh, esports competitions to people around the world.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and I especially think like you know, especially when COVID hit as well. A lot of people are stuck at home. A lot of people, you know, weren't able to go out and do anything. So, I mean, you know, one of the things you do when you're at home, you play video games, you yeah. watch Twitch. That's why Twitch had such a big boom during COVID as well. But shifting a bit over to the NHL esports side, I mean, obviously, 2018 was the inaugural GWC. I'm going to quiz you. Do you know who won that?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I believe it was Ekki from yeah. Finland. It was
1: Ekki. It was Ekki. <laughs> I had to I had to search it up. I had no idea. But <laughs> Saphir knows what he's talking about. But the thing that I was most interested in, looking at NHL esports and stuff, Do you know that LG, which is League Gaming, which is basically, we talked about it before, the big platform where all the competitive players kind of start, whether you're 6v6, 1v1, we'll get into that a little bit later, but it came out in 2003.
0: Yep, that's right, and uh, they've been, uh, you know, kind of been the leader when it comes to NHL esports. I mean, their growth has been absolutely incredible. And nowadays, mm-hmm. when you look at all of the NHL esports that is around, it's sort of pushed by LG, you know, all these organizations and teams that are putting out these tournaments, the first organization that they look to is League Gaming because of how well they've been structured, how well they have been able to push NHL esports over the last couple of decades.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the thing that I find really intriguing now too is like, you know, coming out of COVID, and we'll talk about COVID a bit going forward too, is, you're going to have a lot of NHL teams that are getting back into that e-sports scene because they were in there before the pandemic hit, but then, you know, costs or revenue went down, so obviously they couldn't spend as much. But, like, Columbus Blue Jackets Gaming, for example, they're the perfect example, I think, because I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Mm-hmm. Columbus, you know, a lot of people think they're, you know, like one of those teams that no one really talks about and stuff. I follow them and interact with them simply because of their esports scene, and they've done a fantastic job at that. What do you think?
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Um, the entire Blue Jackets organization, I think the, uh, Nasher also plays a. a oh, big. yeah. Yeah, a huge role with uh, the Blue Jackets gaming, and they have definitely been a leader when it comes to NHL esports. And th- the one thing that I love about the Columbus Blue Jackets is the fact that they've, their focus has not only been, for example, in 6v6. They've yeah. done tournaments for the 1v1 scene as mm-hmm. well. You know, they've been able to bridge the gap between the 1v1 scene and the 6 scene, so been absolutely amazing and you know what i i think that it's uh also important to you know for people who aren't aware of the differences between yeah. 1v1 and 6v6 i think it's a good opportunity to talk a little bit about that
1: yeah i think that'd be fantastic so i'm gonna let you talk about it a bit because personally i mean you know i've played lg for one season got drafted and then retired as a coach. <laughs> um i but mean, i never really got into the 1v1 scene i knew it was there i just I'm not good enough 1v1-wise. You put me on a team with other people, I can be that solid. I play I play right D. I'm solid back there. Pretty good. Ask Terrio, he's. I would love me. to play soon just so I can show off a little bit. Oh, God. Okay, you sound like go. the perfect We're going to have an <laughs> NHL podcast <laughs> yeah. 1v1 next. Next episode, we'll just play on the screen here while we're chit-chatting. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, so talk about 1v1, 6v6. I mean, what's the difference? What, you know, do people like better? Just, you know. Yeah.
0: Oh, of that. course. Uh, the one thing, oh, well, there are several things, obviously, but I'll start off by saying that 1v1, 3v3, and 6v6, they all have their own sort of skill set yep. you know, that players kind of uh, develop, and some players are really good in 1v1, not as much in 6v6, some players, you know, vice versa, but some players excel in all, three, uh, in, in all modes, but mm-hmm. basically what 1v1 is, obviously you have six skaters uh, on each team, and in 1v1, you are basically controlling... All the players on your team so i mean typically what happens is you're controlling one guy out of time, and then you have your computer teammates uh skating around and you can switch players and stuff like that so the bulk of you know for many years the, the bulk of uh, initial esports t- tournaments or at least the big ones really did focus uh in the 1v1 scene um and then or 1v1 gameplay and then with 6v6 it's kind of like um it's kind of like NBA 2K if you yep. think of that, right? right. So I agree with that. Yeah, so you've got uh, again six uh, skaters on the ice, but every one of them is controlled by a real person yeah. right so that that kind of brings out uh, that realism and then 3v3 it's so funny because 6v6 we're, we're saying 6v6 because we're counting the goalie as a skater yeah. but in 3v3 it's actually more so 4v4 because the
1: goalie. yeah the sure, goalie, i didn't think about that
0: yeah it's, it's really interesting how we've uh, constructed you know in the, the definition of 3v3 but it's the same sort of concept uh you've got uh, three forwards and on each side plus a human goalie and uh yeah there's been several tournaments for 3v3 as well i'm thinking mm-hmm. of like caps gaming you know washington yeah. capitals they've had several tournaments for for 3v3 but that is to say you know regardless of what type of mode that uh, you like that that, you know there's lots of ways to get to get
1: involved yeah i think that's the exciting thing too is like as you know you find what game mode you like like for example i like 1v1 i'm not good enough to play 1v1 (laughs) however you put me on a 6s team or even a 3s team as a defenseman i'm usually pretty competent enough so i found that little you know I mean, I I love Hutt, but I'm not going to compete in GWC. I'm not good enough. But you insulate me with some other guys. I know how to play my position well. I know how to do certain things well. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, man, like, Rahil, like, we love, like, the goalies thanking, when I played LG that one season, my goalie literally would always be like, can you please play today? Like, we need, I I need you to stop some of the pucks, please.
0: You know, I I love that you bring that up because that's so true in in modes like, three V three and six V six. Each player has an important role. Yeah. But you also got me thinking now, you know, there's some drama in the NHL community. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always arguing about, you know, should NHL esports focus on one V one tournaments or six V six tournaments? Now you know very well that I am mainly a one V one player. I'm not as good in six V six but uh, what side of the debate uh, do you support in this case, especially when it comes to tournaments like the GWC? It's
1: honestly, it's it's really hard for me to say personally. I've I've always grown up loving hockey ultimate team. I think that's what a lot of people play. But the surprising thing for me is the more popular game mode is World of Chell. Like more people buy NHL to play World of Chell than they do to play Hut. So just based off of that. I feel like 6v6 should be the one that they focus on more. Not saying they shouldn't do 1v1. They should always do 1v1, always do 3v3, always do 6v6 cuz there's people who like each individual one. There's people like me who love watching all three. But if a lot of your player base buys your game for 6v6, you should probably do 6v6, I think. I feel like it's more there's more drama and I think the thing I love about it too is I've never seen a live LAN event yet. But I can tell you from being at GWC, seeing one v one, seeing Reg Zengren across from each other, it was that like intense. Like I've said it before, it reminds me of like that split screen battle you used to play back yeah. in the day. So when you have that six v six across each other, somehow that reminds me of like the CS:GO tournaments or like the League of Legends tournaments where you have your full team across and you can hear the other team like panicking when you're pressuring them and doing well and all this stuff. So I'm gonna go sixes, man. What about you?
0: You know, I have to say I'm uh, again because I'm a 1v1 player, obviously yeah. it's easy to be biased for a 1v1, but if I if I were to put my bias aside, you know, in an uh, in an objective world why wouldn't you want a structured 6v6 league? You know, like we have it with the NBA yep. 2K league in that in that sense. I mean, obviously we're gonna be talking about the, the gameplay issues and all that mm-hmm. and how we can improve on that. But at the end of the day, it's still the responsibility of each individual player that contributes to the success of the team as opposed to having like AI players involved. And I know the the only LAN 6v6 event that, uh, that we've had to my knowledge was Capscaping. I believe it was season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so they flew out four teams and I just remember the drama it was absolutely incredible. You had six players on each side lined up, and like the reactions from the players, but also the Twitch chat. It was something else. It was the reactions were similar to how mm-hmm. when you have um, cross-region tournaments between like EU and NA. Yeah, like that's how much like people were invested in in terms of how well uh, the teams were doing. But uh, the concern that i have though with 6v6 logistically is just the fact that our player base is still a little bit smaller so certainly room for growth
1: yeah and i i think you know our player you know like you said it's small and stuff and it, it, 6v6 isn't as popular as Hut. Mm-hmm. i don't think like i know the viewer count or the player count is there but in terms of content in terms of youtube content twitch content it's always hockey ultimate team because of just you know playing hot champs opening packs building teams all that kind of stuff is Always there. You need to find a way to make six v six. I almost want to say like sex here. Make it a little bit more fun. Make it a little bit more intriguing for more people to play. But I'm kind of kind of surprised you lean sixes there. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know it's it's really tough because. Um like I said, my success in 6v6, it hasn't really been noticeable, right? But like, the other thing that I think about is like, you know, we're thinking about the growth of NHL esports and where is it really headed, right? Yeah. And we're also thinking about, you know, having more NHL teams involved. We're, we're trying to have the NHL involved, right? And I feel like that the best way to do that, you know, I'm thinking about Jordan from the New York Islanders, who's who's really spearheading mm. the 6v6 scene. Um, I feel like it allows for more collaboration between players and NHL teams. Yeah. With 6v6, like in an ideal world, you would have each NHL organization be represented by six real life players you know mm-hmm. like we have it in the nba 2k league shout out to the raptors by the way because they had their <laughs> uh, they 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 had their first land event well fan support a uh, sport night but it's like opportunities like that right it's like you you establish a 6v6 team for like say the maple Leafs or yeah. like you know the habs uh, i feel like it will generate more excitement and just like other leagues like cod whatever it may be you the city now has a team that they can support
1: Yeah. Like you mentioned the Habs and the Leafs. Like if there was a Habs 6v6 team, I'd be, forget rooting for them. I'd be buying merch. I'd be buying whatever I can. I'd be rooting for that team like crazy. And I feel like that's where it's, you know, teams need to take advantage of that. You have that 6v6 scene sitting there. I hope going forward it kind of gets into how awesome would it be for like you said like how the nba 2k league does it 32 teams your favorite nhl team has an esports team you can watch on twitch and cheer for It'd be awesome man
0: it would be absolutely amazing and like i'm thinking you have like a grand land event too with the teams showing up you know, also the real life players from the teams can show up. I know Leaves Gaming, when they had, I mean, they've had their 1v1 tournaments and 6v6 as well, but mm-hmm. like they, they usually have their, um, you know, the actual NHL players show up to, to these events and, and support. And I think it's ab- absolutely amazing. But, and the one audience that we definitely cannot forget about, it's the EU players. Because I know speaking with Eki last month, uh, we certainly want to have them involved in some capacity as well. But yeah. that is to say that there's so much room for growth, and, you know, we, we can. I'll play a part in you know, uh, an important role
1: in, in growing it. I totally agree with that. Now I'm going to ask you, as a fir- when you first started experiencing NHL esports, what was it like?
0: Okay, so this is taking me a trip back memory lane. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember NHL 13, I matched Junior Pence, who's one of my closest friends in the NHL community, and we had a close game, but he beat me at the time. It was just the versus leaderboards. That, yeah. That's what the 1v1 players were focusing on. And he beat me. He was like, "Safir, you're kind of, you kind of go. We should keep playing." Although, in retrospect, I think he was taking advantage because he wanted to rank. He wanted to rank. Me. Wow, junior yeah, fans. Totally Wow. Totally talking out right now, but uh, but I will say though, um, he he was the first one that kind of like got me involved in competitive play. And then in subsequent years, you start seeing you know the odd like NHL esports tournament happening. Yeah. And I know at the time, League Gaming, you know, they were really focusing in their six v six leagues, and a lot of the best players today have been playing six v six since then as well mm-hmm. but it's never been to sort of um as big as it got i'm thinking initial 18 19 yeah. and then it slowed down a little bit during the pandemic because yeah. we had the covet situation it's picking up again now yeah um, so, for example, I remember in 18, 19, and 20, you had teams like the Winnipeg Jets, the Blue Jackets, um, the Hawks, even uh, the Habs, the Leafs. All these teams were investing in, in tournaments and land events. They, yeah. they had land events. Unfortunately, COVID slowed it down, but I think we're, you know, um, we're, we're getting back into it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'll give you my kind of first-time experience. I'm going to give you two sides of it, though. I'm going to give you the player side and then experiencing it live side. Oh yeah. So. My first time, honestly, like I always was very casual with NHL. I'd be the kind of dude that would just spend money and build my hot team, and then like be average, like Div Four, Div Three, you know, kind of like that. But then one of my buddies, I'mups, um, he was uh, joining an LG team, and I was like, "But what the hell's LG? Like life's good? <laughs> what? What are you talking about?" And then it turns out a bunch of my other friends that we all hung out with. So it was ups, it was uh, Donny Bra, um, it was a couple other guys, and we had Gren on our team as well. So I was like, damn, like, okay, like, you know, we'll make an when LG dates, squad. Yeah. Sure. So I'll join. So we 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 did pretty good. We lost in the playoffs, but um and then I got drafted. And I was like, oh my god. Like I remember I got I got bid on for like five point five mil. I was like, how am I getting bid on this much? If you don't know, basically like you bid on players when you're drafting them kind of thing. That was at least back then, I think. It's like um, an ego boost too, you yeah. know. It was it, I five. felt <laughs> so ego boosted. But then the thing for me was life started taking over and I didn't have time to play. So I just, I, I was I was bad. I didn't tell the team. I just didn't respond to anyone. <laughs> so I was one of those guys that just got their rights <laughs> traded around and nothing happened. So, but I love the LG experience. And if you have the time to do it, I definitely recommend, regardless of what skill level you are, it's always compelling. It's always fun. You meet new people. You get better at the game. The
0: best way to everybody? get better
1: is to play against good people, in all honesty. Yeah. But my first live experience, and that's what I want to talk about, because that's, that's where I think you really realize how fun eSports is, is when you're at an event live. So my first one was GWC. When we went down to GWC, like, meeting people from the community was awesome. Like, there were people coming up to me who were like, hey, like, you know, nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. Like, you may not know who I am, but I know you. I just wanted to say hi. And I'm like, wow, like, this is awesome. But then seeing, you know, Gren, Regs, and Uninstall, and all those guys playing, and even just seeing them around there chatting with them. Like me and Sapper, like he was tweeting me yesterday, like all this like cute stuff. I was like, bro, stop being (laughs) being so nice to me. But um, seeing those guys compete live, having the commentators and hearing them live, the crowd and everything, it really gave me those. You see those clips online of like people pulling off clutch plays at a LAN event, and they get up and the crowd goes nuts, and their teammates are hyping them up. Like it gave me those vibes on a one v one scale. Like, when Regs made that 3-0 comeback, he lost the game, but that comeback was insane. Everyone was losing it in the, I guess, was it a bar? I think it was kind of like a bar, Yeah, it was a bar, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was so compelling, and I, I, listen, guys, if you ever get the chance to go to a LAN event live or any live competitive video game thing, let alone NHL, I think you'll realize how fun it is. It's super great to attend if you're able to go. And, man, like, I'm sitting here now, like, as a Montreal fan, like, Sophia, we should probably go down to Leafs gaming. Leafs gaming. That's, that guys. says a lot from. That a says fan. a lot from a <laughs> Habs fan. Like yeah. that's how fun this stuff is.
0: Yeah, and, and I feel like a good comparison is like think about like going to an NHL game. Like I honest like for me that's that's how it feels. Like, yeah. you know, like if I'm watching the Leafs from home, it's definitely an experience, and I enjoy it. And then I go to a Leafs Gaming in person. Um, it, it it's sort of like another level. Of experience, right? Yeah. And like for me, because I'm such a passionate person, I would actually even equate it as much as like a playoff game. Like that's how intense a Rex Grand Series was for me. Absolutely. Like I was getting like the chills, it was absolutely incredible. And I think that with esports in general, Mm -hmm. not just with NHL, with NBA, with COD, right? The, it's the LAN events that that really you know bring out like what what esports for those leagues are all about. That's where you know you can see the skill of the players live in person. It's mm-hmm. it's just incredible. It's yeah. like the best thing.
1: I think you know they had to do the virtual stuff because of COVID. I mean, totally understandable and it's fine. But I feel like any major thing needs to have that LAN event to make it compelling. You need to have people in there. You need to have a crowd in there to build up that hype. Like I would like if I had to rank all my hockey stuff like. Going to an NHL game, or just a live hockey game, is always number one for me. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, three would be watching a game at home or a bar. Two would be going to an NHL LAN event. I'm not even kidding you guys. Like, it was that fun it was that compelling
0: yeah absolutely and you know what i know talking we've we've been talking to a few of the players after the event and they've all been saying how their experience in montreal was memorable in fact i see people like saying things like i want to move to montreal like (laughs) 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 like that's that's how much we love the experience right and like it's it's it was incredible because like when i was there like you can feel the presence of just hockey you know everywhere I mean the NHL draft was happening yeah and I know last episode you talked about um, you know incorporating esports events in alignment with some of these events mm-hmm. uh, like th- like the draft or the awards or whatever it may be but yeah p- people are just saying how incredibly amazed they were by everything that's happening in Montreal and the question that I keep asking them I'm like I don't, I'm not sure if it was a city I would say it's more the fact that you know everything was happening there and it really shows the potential of NHL
1: esports yeah
0: um, and how can just you know bring that sort of experience for people yeah
1: There's just one final note too, actually since you mentioned that I think you know you tie you tie any big any like gwc you tie it to like any award show in like vegas or wherever i feel like in some us markets it'll do well but i feel like if you put a big lan event in any canadian market Mm -hmm. like we like that uh, we mentioned it last episode we went out for dinner with sap and the waiter's like hey how'd you do like the waiter knew he was competing in gwc that probably won't happen in a vegas you know what i mean because it's not big news whereas if you're attached in a big hockey market if you have a land event, it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I do have to say, um, you know, if if you're one of those listeners here wondering about how you can, you know, uh, how you um, you can get involved in NHL Sports, definitely, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Re- absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know what? I feel like a lot of the times we see information about tournaments and, and all that, it, it's always on Twitter. But yeah. you know, definitely connect with us. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Go to Saphir. If you come to me, I'll probably go to Saphir and then get it back <laughs> and then go back to you. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we got you covered. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, reach out to us always, guys. All right. So now that we're in August, Saphir, NHL 22 is kind of coming to the end. We have 23 coming out. The technical test was announced. It's coming in a couple weeks. I want to ask you, you're in review NHL 22. What's the good? What's the bad? What's the ugly? If there's any of either. What do you think of NHL 22 when I say that?
0: Oh my, you know what, I feel like this is one of those topics that we can be sitting here for hours talking, there's just so much, and it's not to say that it's like necessarily bad things, you know, overall, I would have to say, I really like NHL 22, and I found it to be a massive improvement from NHL 21, Mm because like with NHL 21, you had the forcing (laughs) issue, you had the ridiculous angled shots that were going in from like the red line, It it was something else, so, Um, A lot of the good that I saw with NHL 22 was related to... It felt... I'm a guy that enjoys, like, sort of realistic NHL video games. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and in many sense, I feel like it did provide that. Um, I feel like the skating, to me, made sense. You know, they fixed the interceptions. Um, the passing system was was really interesting because they said, you know, in a lot, with this whole idea of making it more skill-based, that you can't pass if you have your back turned to, uh, uh, you know, to the other guy. But in saying that, sometimes you would miss these open passes.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: And it's like, I'm aiming perfectly, And I'm like passing it to my open guy and he's just like, for some reason, he's not picking it up cleanly, Mm -hmm. right? So that would be sort of, it's like, you know, how do you find the right balance? Um, And the bulk of my issues with the game, I would say would come from 99 HUD because I think it takes everything away that they presented NHL 22 to be at release. Mm. Um, And then obviously there's also the whole thing about X-Factor abilities and how that (laughs) has an impact to gameplay, right? Especially when we talk about uh, World of Chell. Um, And then, yeah, and I mean, I would say the, the small thing is too. I mean, I know we want to focus more on gameplay, but like, it'd be nice to have more customization and hot. Cause I know we're having a world of child, but uh, yeah, that would, that would be like sort of like an overview.
1: Yeah. I get what you mean. And uh, you know what? Like, I feel like this, like, well, I guess it's last year, technically October, but the launch of NHL 22, I felt was a lot more positive than previous NHLs. Not all of them. Like it wasn't the best, but like when everyone started playing, like they were like, this, this is that bad. It's pretty good. And like for that in the NHL community is a great sign because NHL community is really <laughs> negative for being honest. But then I feel like, you know, as you said, the passing stuff, like I found when I was playing hot, like I was like, OK, I'm playing with like, you know, like an 85 overall player here. Like he, he should be making that. pass. why is he not making that pass? Like it's like I like to play sometimes when I'm playing hot, like I let I let the guy come in. You yep. get really close to me, and then I make the pass. But it's almost like the pressure of him getting too close caused me to like feather it or something. And I'm just like, he shouldn't be doing that because in real life he doesn't do that. So then the tuners started to hit, and I feel like the tuners and the patches. I don't know how. I don't know how to explain it. Something just felt off with the game. Yeah. Stuff felt different. Um, be playing goaltending became, like, impossible for World of Chow players. Oh, I know that was a huge issue for a lot of people. X-Factors almost felt too good. Like, I was playing with Terrio two nights ago. I was playing, uh, we were playing threes. It was me, Terryo, and two other people. Literally, Terrio's a goalie, guys, okay? He plays well at Skater, but he's a goalie. And he's a really, really good goalie. He played out, put on gold one T. I swear to God, he was getting five goals a game sometimes. Like we were just feeding him the puck, and the goalie has no chance. And stuff like that makes the game imbalanced. And like, why would someone want to play goalie if the other team's just gonna have three defend or three players with one T? You know what I mean? Like that's an issue.
0: Yeah, that that's the thing. <clears throat> X Factor abilities, I mean, we'll see what they do with NHL twenty three. Hopefully they find a way to balance it out, out a little bit. But um, I haven't played as much World of Child this year because of my early frustrations with the X-Factor abilities in the mode, but it's like, the way I think about it is like, why should you have, why should you absolutely have close quarters um, in order to be able to snipe the puck, you know, close and net? It feels like, you know, it doesn't matter my accuracy or my shooting power. If I'm close to net, for some reason, my guy is not shooting the puck the way i want him to it's like you absolutely need something like close quarters in order to have a chance to, to, to snipe a goalie and then with the goal the one t it's incredible like i'd play 6v6 six six and i play a yeah. low defenseman and and the shots that they pull off with gold one t Like, you couldn't even see that puck, like, go past you. It was, like,
1: wicked. It was absolutely I've seen some where it goes, like, in and out of the net, and the puck's, like, already in the other end again. Like, it's crazy.
0: And then for goalies, it's so weird because, like, sometimes they would be, and, and this might be related to close quarters being way too overpowered, you can If you have close quarters active and you're at a really weird angle, odds are that shot will still go in mm-hmm. if you have close quarters on. So it's sort of like that dichotomy. If you have close quarters on, your shots are more than likely to go in. And if you don't, good luck trying to snipe it on a goalie. Yeah. And I think one of the frustrating parts uh, for goaltenders like Terry is like sometimes you'd be in an absolutely perfect position. The puck would hit you and it would still somehow trickle. Find a way in. Yeah. yeah. There would be so many times I would see the goalies, you know, uh, be in their five-hole position, and the puck just squeaks in somehow. And, and
1: that happens in hockey, like yeah, you have bad but bounces. The but the amount of times it happens in World of Chill is, is really... and we'll, we'll talk about more World of Chill later because there's some other things I think they need to do and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I think that really hurt NHL 22 was four separate consoles. Oh yeah. I understand why. I, you know, you can be frustrated with it, and I think a lot of us are you totally get it. But the problem I run into is NHL is already a small video game. It's a small community and you're splitting that community even further. And like, even the, the thing like FIFA didn't have, I think I could be wrong on this. I think they had not cross platform, but I think they had, they didn't have cross generation, but their ultimate team market was cross generation. Yes. And that's something for like hot players, like no sleeves have talked about it. Like he's like, I can't find anyone on the friggin' market. Like there's no players available. And I feel like for NHL 23 and you know, we're going to talk a bit more about what we're hoping for for 23. You need cross generation markets at the bare minimum for hut in terms of world of chel. Like I I feel like cross platform is like needed. Like you need that.
0: Um, I I will have to say if there's any sports title that absolutely needs cross platform in all uh, regards, you know, we're talking about the market and mm-hmm. gameplay, it's definitely NHL. I know FIFA, with their next game, they have announced that the game itself will be, will be cross-platform. Yeah. Um, and the impact of cross-platform is not just, you know, in terms of the game or the market, but it also extends to content creators. Absolutely. We saw a noticeable... D- I mean, some people would say, you know, it's because we're coming out of the pandemic and people are getting busy with their lives again, but we we saw a noticeable dip in viewership for initial content creators mm-hmm. this year. And I honestly thing a large part has to do with the fact that we had four separate consoles. The players would for the, uh, unless you were no sleeves, the players for the most <laughs> part would <laughs> focus on the content creator that is playing on their console. Exactly. And for competitive players, you know, they usually get really good numbers and the reason for that is people like to what's called reverse stream type so they don't match the best player. Um, yeah. So, but like, but nonetheless, that also gave use to, to, uh, to the streamer, right? So I think there's just important some yeah. cross-platform extents to all these areas and more than anything NHL,
1: definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. And even like LG as well. Like LG mm-hmm. was severely affected because I think they had to—they had to make a decision on what like two platforms they were going on. I think or something like that. And I think there were were they they were previous gen for one and new gen for the other or something like that. So that affected lg's numbers and everything i'm pretty sure their numbers were down this year from usual yeah
0: the numbers were down i think they're also for the summer season i think they might have extended the start of this or i think they were considering starting mm-hmm. the summer season a little bit later just because you know um there's less players now when you have the four consoles and for yeah. on the xbox side the folks have on next gen but for playstation
1: there they, the leaks still run on ps4 so. yeah exactly and then you have the people who didn't buy both versions who now can't play lg and you know, know. Kind of unfortunate.
0: Well, you know what? I have a question then, Rahul. because we we talk about you know the the problems with X Factor abilities, and I think they also go in conjunction with the player builds. You know yeah. the accessibility of and the customization tools that players have, and I know there's been a lot of concern in terms of not having enough customization yet having overpowered. Uh, yeah abilities how would you balance uh, balance that out
1: so so for me i i look at the way nhl 22 currently is and i mean you pick your player type and then you have preset stats basically so like if you pick a sniper you have higher shooting stats your skating isn't as good your defense isn't as good your physicality isn't as good the problem i think i have an issue with that is like you were set on how much you could gain or lose. So like in previous NHLs, if you've never played the NHL 14, it's one of my favorite EASHL ones because all you would do is play games, get XP kind of like pro clubs on FIFA, and then upgrade whatever you want. You're like, hey, I wanna make my guy a better shooter. You upgrade shooting. Now, the issue with that you can kind of run into is you kind of run into these OP builds where like some people would have 99 skating, 99 shooting, and that's it. And you can knock them off the puck, but if you miss them, you're gone. Yeah, I think the solution to that is you need to I think keeping it restricted in a way works So I'm kind of thinking like I look at 2k and I look at pro clubs on FIFA and I want to kind of merge the two So you look over at 2k. I played 2k for the first time this year If you you can you you can spend money to upgrade your player, which I don't think any of y'all should do I kind of like it where you grind to build it But if you were a certain player or a certain player type you had a certain maximum overall. So for example, if I'm like a three point shooter, mm-hmm. like my my defending, my standing defending could be like 40. Whereas in NHL, if I'm a, you know, sniper, my defending could still be like seventy. I think they need to tweak that a little bit. Maybe seventy is okay. But I think the problem with NHL and the way they have it currently for World of Chill is like you have your set stats and then you have to take away from one stat to bump up the other. You don't gain anything by having XP. It's like when I was I was building my build for when I was playing with terio and I'm like, "Okay, I need to take away um slap shot power to up my wrist shot power."
0: And it's also just a max of 5.
1: And it's only a max of 5, so it's like my guy has like 84 wrist shot power cuz he's a like puck moving defenseman and he shouldn't have a good shot and I I understand, you know, maybe that type of player isn't. But like Kill McCarr's a puck moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he has an okay shot. And I feel like if you like, they need to have it where you play the game, you hit your milestones, you get XP, and you use the XP however you want to upgrade your stats, but there's a maximum like cap for mm-hmm. each stats. Like, for example, if I'm a sniper i can't have 99 defending if i'm a defenseman i can't have 99 shooting if i'm an offensive defenseman i can have maybe low mid 90s but i can't be like op because you have to have that difference between a defenseman who can shoot the puck really well and like ovechkin or like another player like just like how real life is like kill my is an amazing goal scorer is he as good as like mcdavid no mm-hmm. But there's reasons why you know so that's that's kind of what i think i would do for world of chel i mean it's not perfect i just feel like it would be more fun again to have that customization of making your player more how you want it instead of having this you can only go up five or down five
0: yeah definitely i don't disagree and i i have the sense that ea is very well aware that people yeah. want custom builds back um i know the clapperton who is the community manager for nhl he put out a tweet Uh, last year, prior to the release of NHL 22, Mm -hmm. asking the community, you know, which customization tool uh, do you like more than one from NHL 21, which is really similar to what we have right now, or from the NHL 14 custom build days. And a lot of people said, you know, the old custom Old days, build. exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, a lot of the community, um, although I don't quite remember the specifics with the customization for Minotaur 21, we d- we do have a, a bit more customization, especially when we think about, you know, the abilities or some of the boosts, but it's not like the one we had in 14, and I know a lot of people are wishing for, for that to come back. And, you know, as a guy who also didn't play a lot of World of Chill, that is definitely something that I, I took enjoyment out of as a casual player, being able
1: to fully customize. Exactly. It's a lot more fun. I mean, some people joke about, like, you know, like the mirrored visor and stuff like that that's something <laughs> to add back to but one other thing i forgot to touch on is they need to revamp x-factors for world of chell yes. i understand you know x-factors are op in in Hutt and stuff like that but in world of chell it's completely it's so broken it's literally one t elite edges close quarters and then maybe like those are the three i'd say that are really good i could be wrong i'm not a pro at world of chell but you run truculence if you want to have fun and stuff like that but like they were so overpowered that like you could have eighty shooting and close quarters on, and you're scoring four goals. A oh, game, yeah, which in reality shouldn't be the thing. It so should. I think you need to like, like I'm just spitballing here, but like, what if like your X factors on your World of child player actually moved the stat? So like I put on I put on like let's say close quarters and my wrist shot power and my um, slap shot power go up five and like maybe one or two other stats. Something like that where it's like, it's almost like those boots, they used to have boost back in the day where you could like bump yeah. up your numbers. Something like that would make it a little bit more better because then it's like it's helping you but it's also not OP and broken the way it is now.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, the other thing I was thinking about is uh, magnetic it's one of those other X Factor abilities. Yeah. We talk about um pass reception, you know, the ability to pick off passes. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that without having Magnetic activated this year.
1: I can't tell you how many passes I've like like or how many times like I've been playing World of Chell and like our team's like that that's not like what? How yeah. how is that possible? how do you not get that puck? And the people with magnetic are like, ah, I, I get it every time, I don't have to worry about it.
0: You know, right now, so the Columbus Blue Jackets are hosting their um summer tournament with the Kroger Cup and mm-hmm. um so we just made the playoffs and I play for 6-1 for hockey and they're yeah. affiliated with CBJ. And so I play left defense and the amount of times that I get yelled at by my teammates for saying, Sophia, you're not picking off this puck and it's because you don't have my on. Right. It's like, I feel like you shouldn't have to have that ability to pick off simple passes.
1: You're literally at a disadvantage because yeah. of that. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that. And I mean, they need, they need to just make it better.
0: But I have to say, though, some of these issues, they do extend to HUD. At least, you know, when I think about esports, right, we want to, esports at the end of the day should be skill-based,
1: right? Agreed, yeah. yeah.
0: So when I think of hut, it's really tough. We see players like Rex and, and, you know, Gren and Junior Pence and Kessel, they all talk about the drawbacks when it comes to playing with your 99 hut teams for tournaments like the GWC. Now, the way I, I feel the game when I'm playing 99 HUD is that it feels a lot more arcadey. As opposed to you know making skillful plays. Yeah. So with like ninety nine HUD, you can sort of straight line down the de- uh, down the eyes because everybody's got ninety nine. McDavid, for example. Yeah. And then you pass it across to headman's who's got ninety nine shooting plus gold one T. You shoot those D 2 D's and they always go in, and it's really frustrating for players who want to you know who are competing in esports tournaments for one v one who who want it to be more skill based. And so there's been this um, sort of argument that we should perhaps also bring back the versus gameplay element, and that's what they used to have back in initial 18 when Eki won the tournament, they had uh, players uh, use versus teams, um, and then I think it was a couple years ago in the GWC, you, uh, they introduced the, the whole portion of the draft. Mm -hmm. right so but that is to say we're still going with 99 uh, hut and so my question to you would be is like how would you try to balance that entire aspect of like players who are not big fans of 99 hut yeah while also seemingly bringing in that aspect of versus gameplay that's more skill-based
1: yeah i mean i i don't think you can go strictly to versus because everyone's gonna use colorado tampa and like toronto or like one other team and like I don't think you want to see the same three teams over and over and over again. I know in FIFA, I don't know the exact specifics, but they have ga- they have like a competitive game mode where I think after a certain point, I don't know if it's at the beginning or not, but like every player is capped at a certain overall. It's like when you played IIHF, for example, oh when you're playing in the tournament. <laughs> like If you guys don't know, so Sofia was in this tournament, and basically like you had to be strategic with your picks because you couldn't use the same... Team again so like you know you use canada you can't use them if you advance the next round so you have to kind of like be like okay well this team has all 70 overall players i'm going to try and use them to save canada for later when in reality i think the best solution is just have for these competitive modes like gwc etc just have like some sort of level playing ground have a bit of customization you know you can put whoever you want on your team or whatever i don't know if a drafts a solution but even something like You know you're entering gwc you can only use base cards and the max overall is 85 or 86 or something like that or maybe you make custom cards for gwc and you can only use those custom cards and you have to build a team like it's almost like a like i guess that would be a bit more like a draft and it might be a little bit too much but something along those lines because then it evens the playing field it takes out the arcadiness of the 99s and like oh i can win multiple rounds because i have 99 mcdavid and it makes (laughs) it a more even playing field which is what eSports is all about. It's about the skill of the player, not how good the cards are.
0: Yeah, and and you know what, just to, uh, uh, I love your points and it makes me think about a few things. So first of all, we're talking about the IHF tournament. Grizzco on broadcast mentioned, you know, um, the value of having, uh, for competitions like that, the value of having the player cards capped at 85. You know, perfect. I think that would be perfect. You can balance, balance it out, or at least, you know, maybe they're capped off line by line. You know, like you could have like a, a couple of players up to 90 first line, and then like 87, 87, 85,
1: or 83. Yeah,
0: perfect. yeah. So, I, I feel like having that uh, would definitely bring a balance, and also to to give you guys some perspective in terms of the gameplay with 99 hut versus, um, you know, the traditional uh, versus gameplay. In 99 HUT, the the meta, so to speak, is to skate or straight line down the ice, right? you either just rip a shot from anywhere because your shots are overpowered, they'll go in, you know, if you have close quarters, you rip those from uh, wherever or, or make it uh, s- snappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of them. Um, but in versus, you really, its versus is a lot more like real life. You really have to set up your plays. You know, yeah. you, you got to find those... Um, you got to set up your plays you, you got to make those specific passes you know maybe it's a saucer pass whatever, whatever it may be you really have to be smart about it and use your IQ to make those uh, plays mm-hmm. and that's why competitive players are a big fan of that because you know that that's where you're able to separate the players you know it's not a matter of anymore a matter of like who can straight line down the ice better and rip shots before the other guy and hopes mm-hmm. to score on goals it's now about you know making the right plays taking the right shots and just being smart about it
1: yeah I think it'd definitely be a lot more of an even playing field and I feel like You have that more even playing field. I feel like it'd be more entertaining to watch, especially you know when you get to a certain point and like you have like I think that line cap would be perfect. Like you have three nineties, three eighty sevens, three eighty fives, three eighty twos or whatever, and then you have like player like maybe you have like I love when they had the custom GWC cards. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah. But you have like you know McDavid's a ninety, Matthews is a ninety. Like you have like five or six players that are ninety overall for forwards. You can pick some of them, and then you have the next bucket, and then the next bucket, and then the next bucket. So you still have that customization of it. it's not the same team going against each other, but you have that cap where it's not like you know I have 99 McDavid. I just won a couple of GWC rounds easy.
0: Dude, yeah, like like the plays that Rex was making. Oh my god, that was insane. And like he's able to make those plays because you know he's he's able to separate himself from from other players. Um, but now that we've talked about you know some of the issues, uh, and again overall. I'm a big fan of NHL 22. I think it's been such a huge step up from NHL 21, but we talked about the drawbacks about NHL 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it might be time to discuss a little bit about NHL 23. My guess, if it's any, any other year, we should be getting that sort of first look of NHL
1: 23 sometime soon maybe mid-August yeah. yeah yeah
0: so what are you what are you hoping for
1: I'm, I'm hoping for I love the the transparency EA started to do at some point during NHL 22 when it was being lead led up to I hope they continued that you know those deep dives in each game mode oh, I love that kind that of stuff amazing. I think it's awesome um, I'm hoping for it doesn't look like there's gonna be cross play I think there's I'm hoping for cross progression at least uh, or sorry not cross progression pro, cross-generation So that you have PlayStation and Xbox together. Because that will help the hot market. That would help hot teams playing each other. That would help World of Child. That would help every game mode that's online, basically. I think that's the... Biggest thing NHL twenty three needs from a hot per, uh, market perspective.
0: I absolutely agree with you because right now the hot markets are absolutely silent, and we see the frustrations. They were
1: silent in like January. Oh
0: yeah, and it should never be silent in January. No, that's mid hockey season. Exactly, yeah. But I will have uh, I will say and like you know cause, because because EA puts out these tuners and these patches throughout the year. I think we definitely need cross-platform and i feel like given that we didn't have cross-platform from a gameplay perspective Mm -hmm. we didn't have it for initial 22 and if we don't have it for initial 23 i think that would be that would present a lot of challenges my hope is that maybe at some point i agree i don't think we'll see cross-platform on release date because i know it does take a lot of work and the one thing about cross-platform by the way if you if you speak with the top players they'll tell you that the gameplay on xbox is different than the gameplay on playstation yeah, the passing is different. Interceptions are different. The skating movements are are different. Some of the glitch goals, like the Polk's glitch goal from behind the net, that's so much easier on Xbox than it is on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I'm also curious. You know, to, to your point, it's a lot of work. We'll see how they do it. I hope they bring it because it's so much needed. Um, and then if there are other specifics that I'm hoping that they fix, it would definitely be the pass receptions, stick physics, and generally speaking,
1: X factors.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's that's, 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 a big that's one the too. biggest one I would say for for World of Chell,
1: yeah. right? um but uh
0: yeah i mean we'll see we'll
1: see uh, yeah i'm 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 always optimistic i mean we'll see what happens it'll be interesting to see um i think especially with nhl 23 you know how good it is well it's going to be up for debate but also you have this wave of esports that i think it's going to take a jump upwards because all these teams you know covid's gone they're going to be spending more on you know esports they're going to be hosting tournaments and all this kind of stuff if ea makes a solid nhl 23 video game I feel like that could help the eSports thing grow even further. And I mean, who knows, like, could be talking in a couple months from now and we're like, this is one of the best games ever. Could be talking in a couple months saying, this game sucks. I'm not playing it anymore.
0: And you know what? That also sparks my memory. I was reading a recent article that they, that the New York Islanders put out about Jordan, the guy who yep. uh, leads eSports for the Islanders. And one of his thing, his biggest thing is, is that, you know, we need to see more collaboration between EA and, You know, the people invested in NHL eSports. Yeah, because I think the one thing that EA does so great is that their game is catered to everybody for the most part. You know, they they do put a lot of focus on on the casual players, but from a competitive standpoint, there are these nuances that only a handful of players uh, notice. And if we're trying to grow the eSports scene, we want to make sure that it's the best possible product out there Mm -hmm. uh, to make it, you know, extremely fair for the for the players i'm thinking mostly for 66 uh aspect uh but uh yeah we'll see we'll see what happens uh, yeah. in that regard
1: yeah i absolutely agree with that and uh yeah i think that wraps it up for now so thank you guys for listening slash watching episode two i'll see you guys for episode three in a couple weeks on behalf of sophia and i thank you very much and uh take care thank you